Welcome to the War Report. Listen, in this episode, I mean, it's going to be a shotgun episode, man, because it's been a lot going on in the past week. Literally every day, damn near to the hour, something new, a new development has been happening. You know, we are definitely on the brink of war. So in this episode, we're going to get into the you know, Russian annexation of the four regions of Ukraine. We're going to get into Putin's speech. Uh, we're going to get into, uh, you know, Italy, Poland, Bulgaria, Israel, U.S., you know, embassies telling their citizens to leave Russia. We're going to get into uh, Finland, you know, joining the other European neighbors and shutting down Russian tourists. What else? We're we going to get into the U.N. vote condemning the annexation and China and India both abstaining. You know, we, we listen, we even going to touch on uh, <laughs> the Ukrainian nuclear plant, the head of the nuclear plant being kidnapped. You know, we, we don't know who did it. I mean, listen, it could be it, it could, it looks, it's looking like Russia, but we don't know. We don't know. And lastly, we're going to get into, uh, you know, Russia basically cutting off oil, uh, oil to Italy. So, listen, there's a lot going on. And this this episode is going to be a shotgun. You know what I mean? Listen, we are on the brink of it. We are on the brink of it. More at the War Report. Let's go. So we're back, and boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, we are on the brink of war. Like, we could be marching into World War III right now. And and listen, a World War III will be nothing like the World War II. Understand the technological advances that have been made. It's it's unimaginable. It's, it's mutually ensured uh, destruction. And we seem to be heading that way we seem to be heading that way there's definitely standoffs happening left and right but first the first thing we're going to get into uh we're going to get into uh putin and his speech where he announced he had an annexation uh ceremony right he's basically claiming these four regions of the ukraine as russia's like that's what that is basically saying they're ours now they're not we're taking them. They're us. It's, it's going to be Russia's when we're done. And, you know, this sparked a series of events that's just been going crazy in the past week, day to day. So the first thing we're going to do is get into that speech. I got some of it right here translated. And you know what? Ain't no time like the present. So let's get right into it. This is extracts from Putin's speech at annexation ceremony. All right. So this is, you know, parts of it. It's the message to Kiev, right? Because you know that's the <coughs> that's, that's where they've been uh, they've been fighting, you know. And uh, <laughs> Putin don't seem to be playing anymore. He seems to be very frustrated, you know. Seeing how, you know, if if the Ukraine wasn't getting all of this support, this fight would probably be over. So in reality, it's almost like Russia's fighting 
Ukraine, America, allies, all of that at one time, but through Ukraine. But uh, let's get right into it. And this is, a, this, is, this is Putin himself quote, his quotes right here. It says, I want the Kiev authorities and their real masters in the West to hear me so that they remember this. People living in uh, Luhansk, uh, Donsky, Kirsk, and Zapor, oof, I'm butchering these names, but Zaporza, Zaporza, they're becoming our citizens forever. <laughs> he says, we call on the Kiev regime to immediately end hostilities in the war that they unleashed back in 2014 and return to the negotiating table. He says, we are ready for this, but we will not discuss the choice of the people and, and uh, those four areas. He says, that has been made. Russia will not betray them. So he's already laying claim, saying, listen, these four areas, they're Russia's now. Like enough, enough with the, you know, the soft talk, enough with the, you know, the politically correct thing to say, they're ours. Right. He goes on to talk about defending his land. He says, we will defend our land with all the powers and means at our disposal. Now, that's that's terrifying as a motherfucker, because obviously Russia has nukes. That's part of their power. They have it at their disposal. Matter of fact, uh, you know, Ukraine gave up the ability to carry nukes, you know, so it's a whoo. He's talking that talk. Let's let, let's continue. It says nation dismembered. And he, he starts to go back into a little bit of history. He says in 1991 at uh, Bovala's forest, without axing the will of ordinary citizens, representatives of the then party elites decided to destroy the USSR. And people suddenly found themselves cut off from their motherland. This tore apart and dismember our nation, becoming a national catastrophe. Now, understand, he's saying what have been rumored to be believed of, you know, of him. Right. So it was rumors that he he wanted to, you know, bring the USSR back together, all those places into one nation again. You know, so now he's saying it vocally. So now we know his intentions. You know, a lot of time when uh, these type of war games happen, you know, you by proximity of the country you're in, you get propaganda, especially if there's a language barrier. You know what I mean? So, like, if you look at the Iraq war, you know, <laughs> most Americans couldn't watch any of the videos of the other side. And know what they're talking about. So you had to take the, you know, take the trust what the politicians told you. So, you know, so while, you know, uh, Osama was saying things like, you know, uh, <laughs> you're destroying our country, you're attacking this, you know, all the U.S. said is they hate us because of our freedom, right? It's a, it's a side effect of, you know, territorial propaganda, right? So now, we have what he's actually saying, his words, his words. You know, he never recovered from the breakup of the USSR. <laughs> he goes on to say, 
uh, I admit that they did not fully understand what they were doing and what consequences this would would inevitably lead to in the end. But this is no longer important. There is no Soviet Union. The past cannot be brought back. And Russia today does not need it anymore. We are not striving for this. Right. So he, he he's well adjusted. He's well he, he, he knows his history. Right. And though he's saying uh, we don't got to bring back the USSR. Russia doesn't need it. He's still talking about consolidating powers, powers. And uh, it's obviously he believes Ukraine is Russia. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he believes this is the land. He's in, you know, the, the, the West is meddling. So let's get into it. It says, great historical Russia. This is his quote. This is Putin speaking. He says, the battlefield to which fate and history has called us is the battlefield for our people, for great historical Russia. For future generations, our children, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, right? And listen, this, this is a this is definitely a rallying speech. You understand? He is rallying the troops. He's rallying his allies, and a warning at the same time. Like it's definitely showing. Listen, if if we're gonna do this, because we've been it's been we're six months in, you know. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, actors, I would say, who wants to prolong this war, right? So the U.S. have been giving battle plans to Ukrainian people, money, weapons, all of that. And the U.S. allies, you know, because really Ukraine's not part of NATO yet. But it's almost like they're de facto part of NATO because all the allies have been helping, helping them. So, you know, this also shows... A frustration on Russia's part, along with, you know, I don't think they wanted to keep going a long, drawn out thing. You know, they're, they're staking claim right now. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else. He goes into talking about the Nord Stream sabotage. So there was a pipeline that was built from Russia to Germany. Right. Because a lot of Europe relies on Russian oil, Russian gas, you know, Russian power, essentially. And, uh, Russia has been quietly creating a lot of pipelines to make sure that they can't be affected by sanctions. So, for instance, Russia made a pipeline from Russia to China, right? And now they made a pipeline from Russia to Germany. Now, this was the Nord Stream pipeline. Now, recently, within the past week or so, it's been, you know, towards where Germany is, there has been explosions in the pipeline. And it seems to be sabotage. Now, each side is saying the other side did it, right? So the U.S. is saying Russia sabotaged the pipeline. And Russia is saying the U.S. obviously sabotaged the pipeline. Now, when we look at this issue, it's obviously Russia wouldn't sabotage it. If, if, if You know, if we're just talking. They invested billions, you know. They would. Why would they sabotage their own pipeline? And then you got to think, why would they, they? You mean to tell me they sent someone into Germany to sabotage the pipeline and get out of Germany unnoticed by anybody? That's that's highly unlikely. Especially this is the same time when the U.S. have been doing tests in that area. So you know, it's widely believed that the U.S. did it. 
So now Russia is, you know, Putin's talking about it. So he says sanctions were not enough for the Anglo-Saxons. <laughs> he said they moved on to sabotage. It is hard to believe, but it is a fact that they organized the blast on the Nord Stream International gas pipelines, which run along the bottom of the Baltic Sea. It is clear to everyone who benefits from this. Right. So through this, this annexation speech, he's addressing like current things that's been happening. You know, like he's listen. <laughs> this was a hell of a speech, man. This was a hell of a speech. I, I, I listen, I can pontificate all day on it, but let's let's continue. I want to get this to you. You know, so he speaks about the nuclear precedent. Right. He says the United States is the only country in the world that has twice used nuclear weapons, destroying the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and uh, setting a precedent. He says even today, they actually occupy Germany, Japan, the Republic of Korea and other countries at the same time, cynically calling them allies of equal standing. So he's saying what we all was thinking, right? Though the, though the U.S. have this this claim of you know, no one, everyone should get rid of their nukes and no one should have nukes. You know, it's convenient that you're saying this after you use your nukes to establish the power you have today, right? And what Russia's saying, you set a precedent. Essentially, by your actions, you set a precedent that nukes can be used. To settle, <laughs> to settle these discrepancies. You know what I mean? You can't use a nuke and then say no one else can use nukes after I'm on top, right? It's hard for people to just stand by and take that. And it seems like Russia, Russia and Putin essentially is not taking that. You know, and I think it's interesting that he's he's bringing up these things because, you know. <laughs> For some reason, all of the European countries seem to have a memory problem, right? Like the countries that's being affected by, you know, Western powers, they are, they know exactly what's happening, right? They see, they feel the power of the West, right? Between consistent drone strikes and, you know, uh, meddling in their, you know, their, their electoral processes and overturning governments, they feel it. Right. They feel the agency. But it seems like a lot of the European nations back like they don't feel the agency. So he's he's saying something that's that's being said, but just not on a major platform. So it's interesting to watch a major power speak on these things. You know, and, and, and apparently this speech was very a very rousing speech, you know. Uh, <laughs> listen, he moved on to <laughs> Western Satanism. Right? Listen, let's get it. He says now that they have moved on entirely to a radical denial of moral norms, religion and family. Right. He says the dictatorship of Western elites is directed against all societies including the peoples of Western countries themselves. This is a challenge to all. This is a complete denial of humanity, the overthrow of faith and traditional values. Indeed, the suppression of the freedom itself 
has taken the features of the religion of outright Satanism. Now, listen, he he is talking right here. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you are from a country that that holds traditional religious values, it would appear that way. Right. To see, you know, how you know men can be women and women can be men and. You know, you could be non-binary. These things, these are very new things that's being pushed on the the world, essentially. And uh, Putin has something to say about it. (laughs) Something to say about it. Listen, he he continues. These are just expert excerpts. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a long speech. These are excerpts, though. You know, so I want I want you to get them. He speaks on colonism, right? So he says the West began its uh, colonial policy back in the Middle Ages and then followed the slave trade, the genocide of the Indian tribes in America, the plunder of India, of Africa, the wars of England and France against China. He says what they did was hooking entire nations on drugs, deliberately exterminate entire ethnic groups for the sake of land and resources. They hunted people like animals this is contrary to the very nature of truth, of man, freedom, and justice. Now listen, he ain't lying on that one, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's bringing up the sins of the nation who purports to be the moral arbiter of the world, right? Because that's an issue that needs to be addressed. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to the a lot of the Western powers, they talk as though it's right because they say it's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's legal because they say it's legal. And, 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 and you know when they do it, it's legal. But when you do it, it it's illegal, right? So he's talking about how dare a country who did genocide and slavery to build themselves up hold a moral flag and talk like, you know, my nation is the access of evil. <laughs> you know, this is this, this, this think about it. The same country that nuked, you know, n- use a nuke twice, twice. You know, they, 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 they bombed Japan so bad with that nuke. It changed the age group of Japan. <laughs> You know, you don't see as many old people in Japan because of that. Like it messed up their whole everything. You know, there was a joke that uh, I hear people say. It says, "Listen, they 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 nuked Japan back into teenager." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, it affects the culture. This this is why Japan is the way Japan is. You know what I mean? Like one one can make that claim. You know, you 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 nuke in places. You know, you you killed. You know. Tens and millions of Native Americans, you enslaved the blacks. Like, listen, how dare you? How dare you talk with this with this moral indignation when your whole history is colonization? Not to mention, like you said, the, the plunder of Africa, China, India. Like, <laughs> listen, it's hypocritical, and he's bringing that out. He's bringing that out. He goes on to talk about education and gender, right? He says, uh, do we really want 
here in our country, in Russia, instead of mom and dad to have parent number one, parent number two, number three? Have they gone completely insane? Do we really want it drilled into our children's schools that there are supposedly genders besides women and men and children to be offered the chance to undergo undergo sex change operations? We have a different future, our own future. Listen, man, he is he was spitting on that one. Right. Because it really does, it really does speak to, you know, the U.S. at the moment, especially most of these Western countries at the moment, you know, saying you know, people like the fact that people can say I'm non-binary, but you're not non-binary, right? Because chromosomes are binary. There's X, X and X, Y. That's it. Right. You know, he, he's 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 basically making his claim like <laughs> we don't want this. For our country, you know what I'm saying. So he, he is bringing out a lot. He's bringing out a lot. And this was, listen, this was just the speech that Putin gave for the annexation. This is the annexation speech. You know what I'm saying. From there, listen. <laughs> once once people heard that speech, they started moving, right? So. You know, Italy, Poland, Bulgaria, Israel, and the U.S. urged their urged their citizens living in there to leave, get up out of Russia. And this is let me tell you something, man. When embassies are telling people to leave, it's almost like listen, leave because we might have to do something too. It's it's going to get worse. Just think about that. The, the the war been going on for six months. The fact that they tell them to leave now. It's showing that it's it's, it's increasing. It's, it's going to get worse. These threats have weight to them. You know, let's 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 get into a little bit of that. Let's get into a little bit of that. But th- that speech right there was 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 it was it was a listen. It was great <laughs> to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not taking sides. That was a great speech. That's a great rallying speech, right? Like it it it, it speaks on. You know the, the the quiet majority, how people are thinking, who may not be able to express those things because you know you be ostracized. It's speaking on the state of, it's speaking on the past, it's speaking on the present. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 giving examples of hypocritical actions with your uh you know, with the opposing force. Like that was that was something to, to behold, right? And it lets us know like this. This ain't ending no time soon. <laughs> it's only, it's only uh, gearing up. It's only getting worse. And uh, let's let's get into let's get into Italy. Let's start with Italy, right? So it says Italy's embassy in Moscow urges its nationals to leave Russia, you know, unless absolutely necessary, right? It says the Italian embassy in Russia's capital issued an alert on Tuesday, urging all of its citizens in the country to leave if their stay is not necessary. This is a quote. It says, considering the most recent evolution of the international context that is growing uh, and the growing difficulty in the air and road connections out of Russia, you know, (laughs) is recommended 
to evaluate whether the stay is necessary. And if not, to leave the country. They say it's becoming progressively more difficult to travel by air from Russia, from the Russian Federation to Italy and other third countries. In particular, these days have been a dizzying increase in the already high cost of tickets sold by airlines. And there are reports of long queues at some border crossings that connect to the Russian Federation with some neighboring countries. Right. This was a statement that they gave an embassy of uh, Italy's embassy that's in Moscow. Right. Listen, it says in consideration of the continuing closure of airspace to flights from Russia Federation ordered by the European Union last February uh, is strongly recommended to all compatriots uh, present in Russia to plan travel abroad as much as possible in advance. But to sum it all up, they said, those who need to leave Russia, leave Russia. <laughs> this is Italy talking, like, leave, because it's, it's, it's going to get crazier. You know what I mean? Like, let's go into uh, Poland and Bulgaria. They urge their citizens to leave Russia. Let's see what they said. They said, in the wake of the exodus of Russians fleeing the country to escape military mobilization, Poland and Bulgaria on Tuesday uh, urged their citizens to leave Russia. This is reported by The Guardian. Uh, as more and more people flee Russia, a border crossing into neighboring countries may get difficult in the coming days. Right. So they, you know, they expect it to happen. And it did. Actually, it did. They started closing borders. So, you know, I'm giving you a play by play of what, what's been happening. Like it's it's gearing up. It's gearing up. And like, listen. And, and listen, and just as they expected it happened, right? So uh, if you look at a country like Finland, it says Finland to join European neighbors in shutting out Russian tourists, right? It says, uh, where we at? Uh, let's see. Finland said on Thursday it would close its borders to Russian tourists at midnight, shutting off the last remaining direct land route out of Russia. <laughs> so everyone is, everyone is like, listen, we got to get, we got to get out of here. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Like it's, it's, we're definitely, we're seeing the, the, the makings of a, of this thing gearing up. And as it gears up, you know, we, 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 we you're only going to see a World War Three. <laughs> it says the government said the move would lead to a significant drop in crossing uh, cross border traffic uh, after almost 17 thousand Russians crossed the border into Finland during the weekend. So after that, they, you know, they shut it down. They shut it down. They said, that's, that's enough. That's enough. You know, and, and, and you know, it's crazy. Like <laughs> while this is happening, you know, uh, Ukraine, you know, applied to have their, their application sped up into NATO. So they want like a speedy process to be a, uh, to be a part of NATO. It says Ukraine formally applies for a fast track NATO membership, right? So the NATO chief, uh, Jen Stoltenberg, uh, shies away from directly endorsing Ukraine's bid, but stresses alliance is open to new members. <laughs> 
it says Ukraine on Friday, formally requested an accelerated extension to join NATO. Listen, this is this is this is uh, from the, the the president, you know, of Ukraine. He says we trust each other, we help each other, and we protect each other. This is what alliance is. De facto, today Ukraine is applying to make it de jure, right? You want to make it real because they are they have a de facto agreement essentially. He says the move was intended to draw away from Vladimir Putin's elaborate stage speech earlier in the day. Right. So just think about that. Think about that. Vladimir Putin gave his speech about Annex. And that same day, that same day, Ukraine, you know, applied to fast track into <laughs> the application to NATO because, listen, because things is gearing up. Right. And, they, and, and believe it or not, right, with all the propaganda you're hearing, Ukraine is having a tough time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, especially depending on what country you in. The propaganda you're hearing, you don't hear about any Russian wins. You just hear about whenever the Ukraine does something, you know, they support them or what have you. But they, they, listen, Russia's starting to talk about nukes and uh, Ukraine don't have nothing against that. They, they can't fight that. So what they would like is to be part of NATO so NATO can come help them. So it could be Russia versus NATO, you know, all the allies put together, you know. And uh, <laughs> that's that's World War Three right there. <laughs> Believe it or not, it says, uh, but there wasn't any indication that Ukraine's request would advance its membership hopes, which have been in limbo for years. The prospect of Ukraine joining NATO has long fueled frustration for Moscow, which uh, regularly rails against the military alliance eastward expansion in recent decades. Right. So, like, this whole thing started because, you know, Ukraine want to be part of NATO. Because Russia don't want NATO on its borders, right? Because if NATO is a representation of all of its allies, essentially you having, you know, America having a military base on your border. <laughs> and let's be honest, who would... I wouldn't want that if I was Russia either. Just like America wouldn't want Russia... To have military bases in Canada or Mexico, which is on America's border, right? So I mean, it's reasonable, but unfortunately, it's going to lead to all this. You can't, you can't escape it. You can't listen. You can't stop the rain. <laughs> Little jokey joke, but that's that's where we're that's where it's heading, man. So we we are on the brink of war. We're on the brink of war. And, th- and th- listen, these stories are developing hour by hour, day by day. You know what I mean? So I- I'm thinking maybe, listen, if something significant happens, you're going to get another war report. I, I ain't going to wait a week, you know, but I-, I want y'all to be updated on what's happening. What's happening? Listen, <laughs> the U.N. vote, they voted to, uh, you know, condemn the annexation to say it was illegal. But China and India both abstained, right? So they didn't want to vote at all because they are, you know, allies to Russia. And those are some big allies. Like China's a big ally, right? So let's let's get into that. Because listen, as you can see, this speech sparked a lot. 
You know what I mean? And it, it's just the drums of war is beating right now. So let's get into that. China and India abstain on a vote to condemn Russia's annexation of Ukraine's land just weeks after Putin acknowledged their concerns about the war. Right? It says, uh, let's see. China and India, key partners to Russia, have recently ex- expressed concerns about the war. Putin on Friday declared four regions of Ukraine part of Russia, in a, <laughs> a move rejected by the West. In a UN vote condemning the annexation as illegal, China and India both abstained. Right? It says China and India on Friday abstained from voting on the United Nations resolution condemning Russia for claiming uh, it had annexed part of Ukraine. Russia's President Vladimir Putin early on Friday signed decrees claiming four regions of Ukraine were now part of Russia, a move that was widely rejected by the West as an illegal annexation. The UN's 15-member Security Council held a vote on the resolution declaring Putin's actions illegal and invalid and recognizing the regions as still part of Ukraine, not Russia. The resolutions passed in a 10-to-1 vote, with Russia being the sole veto vote. <laughs> Listen, man. And uh, China, India, Brazil, and uh, Gabon abstained. So it was more. It was more than China, it was China, India, and Brazil. You know. So, but yeah, man, things are getting things are getting hectic. This is a uh, China and India have been powerful partners of Russia during the war, declining to institute sanctions as the West has done. But the U.N. vote came only weeks after Putin acknowledged his uh, counterparts in both countries expressed concerns about the war. During the meeting with the Chinese president on September 15th, Putin acknowledged that he had questions and concerns regarding the war. Talking about the Chinese president. The following day, Indian prime minister uh, criticized the war during a face to face meeting with Putin. And he said, I know today's era is not an era of war. And I've spoken with you on the phone about this. This is what the the Indian prime minister is saying to Putin. Uh, Putin responded and said, I know about your position on the conflict in Ukraine. And I know about your concerns. We want all of this to end as soon as possible. (laughs) Listen, it says uh, one expert previously told Insider, right? The pressure from the two, you know, China and India, uh, and a fear of losing them as partners may have partly motivated Putin's recent escalation of the war by mobilizing troops and threatening nuclear action. This is a quote. It says the evidence of criticism of allies like China or neutral states like India clearly put pressure on him. So, yeah, uh, (laughs) all of this is coming into play. All this is coming into play, man. And the, the drums are beating away, beating away, man. Like we are, listen, we are at the door of war. And it's funny, I, I'm curious as, you know, as to how it's going to play out. Because there's so many ways it could play out. But they all but they all seem to be pointing at World War Three, man, one way or another. Because I don't see, I don't really see Russia backing down. I, I, you know... I don't see it. I just don't see it. And I, by the same time, I don't see, you know, everyone wanting to go to World War Three over Ukraine, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just can't see that either. So this is this is this is this is rough times for sure. 
for sure. But let's let's get into some more stuff, man. I'm like, like I said, this is a shotgun episode. I'm not gonna waste your time. I'm not gonna waste your time because you know, in the next few days, I don't know what's gonna develop. It's been going, you know, day by day by day. So I rather not waste your time. Uh, let's see what else, what else we got on the docket today. Uh, <laughs> Russia accused of kidnapping the head of Ukraine nuclear plant. Now listen, there's no real evidence that Russia did it, right? Because someone was kidnapped. You, you don't know who kidnapped them, you know. But the, the timing is, you know, <laughs> the timing is amazing, especially speaking about nuclear weapons. So it says Russia is accused. You know what I mean? Allegedly, uh, kidnapping head of Ukraine nuclear plant. I would like to say this though, right? If you're at war with someone, I mean, listen. If they if they take one of your people, I mean, like, I mean, come on. I mean, really? That's part of it. That's that's war. We can't be that surprised. They literally killing each other. You, you, <laughs> you think kidnapping is out of the question? It's not. But let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. It says uh, Russian troops detained the director general of Ukraine's uh, was it Zapor Siza uh, nuclear power plant and whisked him away to an unknown location. You know, reigniting fears over the facility's security. Uh, Ahor Muskov was arrested on his way from the nuclear facility, Europe's largest, to the town in Hodor. At 4 p.m. on Friday, <laughs> uh, Petrov Colton, head of state owned firm, uh, said in a statement, said, this, this is his, his claim. He said he was taken out of the car and with his eyes blindfolded, he was driven in an unknown direction. His detention by Russia, you know, quote unquote, jeopardizes the safety of Ukraine and Europe's largest nuclear plant. Yeah, it said Russia did not comment on this arrest. Colton said he uh, appealed to the chief of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Rafael, Rafael Grossi, to take all possible immediate action to urgently free him. Listen, he was informed by Russian authorities that he was temporarily detained to answer questions. So, you know, obviously, look like Russia kidnapped him, but it's hard to really say right now. It's still allegations. It's still allegations, but we can go with that Russia did it. We can go with Russia kidnapping him. What have you? What do you expect? What do you expect? (laughs) You know, if you know your country's at war, right, and and, and the other country's speaking about nukes, and you work at the largest nuclear plant like you just going to work every day <laughs> you going to work every day and, and going home at 4 p.m you know what i'm saying like i don't know what i don't know what was expected but uh yeah that happened and uh <laughs> it's only showing how things are gearing up it's only showing how things are gearing up Let's see, what, what else we got on the docket? Lastly, lastly, because I don't want to hold you up. I'm not going to hold y'all up today. Lastly, we got uh, Russia basically cutting off gas supply to Italy. Right now, that, now, 
listen, this story is being it's being talked about in a very weird manner, right? So because because of the timing, it's, it's being talked about like, you know, they, they cut off all the gas and this and that. But in reality, this issue has been happening the whole time, right? In reality, there's been an issue with Russia supplying all the European nations with gas whilst they, you know, basically say we don't support Russia in their war and they supply the enemies that they're currently at war with, with arms to harm Russia, while at the same time getting gas from Russia. and all, Like, you know, so this thing has already been building this whole time. So let's get into it. This is from Bloomberg, by the way. So the article's a little, you know what I mean? A little skewed a little bit, but we'll get into it. It says, Gazprom halts gas supplies to Italy in latest energy battle. Now, Gazprom, is that's, that's the Russian gas uh, company, you know. <clears throat> it says, the company cites regulatory issues in Austria for gas cutoff. Austria says Gazprom haven't approved changes known for months. So, you know, clearly this had been... This has been an issue that's been happening, right? But listen, they officially cut it off, you know, on the first. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 the timing looks retaliatory. But if we're going to look deep into it, it's it's been happening for a while. And, and, and Italy has been uh, slowly trying to wean itself off of Russia gas, right? So, like... It used to be, you know, damn near 75, 80%. And they, they, they got it down to like 30% or so. You know, give or take a few percent. So they've been already trying to wean themselves off that, that Russian nipple. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, listen, we're going into winter. Like, keep that in mind. So as, you know, as sanctions happen to Russia, Russia essentially is like, well, listen, yeah. You guys are get, you you guys are making sanctions trying to hurt my people, but you still want me to export everything to you guys. It's ridiculous, right? So, so Russia is 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 threatening essentially like its own type of sanctions if you want to put it that way, like you know, and you know a lot of Europe depends on that shit to make it through these winters, man. So especially Italy, you know, you know they're one of them. That's twenty percent. It's 20% of the demands. You know, even if they say Russia don't turn it back on. Because they're, they're supposed to have this thing resolved in the next few days or what have you. But say it doesn't get resolved. Like, that's going to harm them. You know, it ain't going to stop them, but it's definitely going to harm them. You know, and, and as we've been seeing with cl- climate change, the weathers have been being more extreme. You know, summers, the heat waves is, 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 is more. And the winters are going to be colder. And, you know, so... Yeah, man. We, we, listen, them drums is beating right now. And uh, here at the War Report, it's like Christmas. Like, I'm going to tell you all about it. You know what I mean? But listen, like I said before, this is a shotgun episode, and I ain't going to hold you for too long. Right? If you have any questions, if you're on Spotify, you have questions, you could put the questions in the community uh, tab. If you're on Anchor, you can put the questions in the community tab. Uh, listen, if you have something you want me to review, if you have some story you want us to talk about, or what have you, or what have you, you can uh, you can contact us 
right? Our email is connected to the uh, to wherever you're listening to this from, right? And uh, we can go from there, man. We can even set up to have you a phone interview. You could be on the podcast if you like. But listen, we're on the brink of war right now. Until next time, right? This has been the war report, right? By the people, for the people, of the people. I'll see y'all next time. Thank you.